We have a review of not one, but two pay-per-views on this show. One I was very pleased with, one I was not. We just watched one of them. Take a guess which one. This is the Double Turn Podcast, and it's coming at you right now. I'm just glad that wasn't the T.I. Undertaker song yet again. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is the Double Turn Podcast. You can find us on Spotify and about 10,000 other places. That's the only one I say now because I'm tired of reminding everybody that you can find it in a bunch of places. That's that right. being said, this is Boss Ross. Next to me is the J-Man. As always. Yeah, we, we just did a show Thursday uh, actually doing a preview and predictions of both NXT War Games 2. Which, by the way, I just said NXT War Games on Thursday. I should have said NXT War Games two, and it was not corrected. So I will take uh, I will take the blame for that. But it was NXT War Games two, and then Survivor Series two thousand and eighteen. So, uh, as I prefaced before, one of these shows was better than the other. Mm. It's not a surprise which one was better than the other. I guess what I will ask you is, do you want me to end the show on a good mood, or do you want me in a good mood and decline into a terrible mood on my drive home? I want you to get home safely without having smoke Then we're doing Survivor Series first. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just all there is to it, folks. Oh, boy. Uh, so, of course, both of these shows were from the Staples Center in LA. Los Angeles, California. Um, I actually thought they were going to sell out both shows. Um, apparently, they only sold less than 15,000 tickets for War Games. Purpose, it seems like they did it pers- purposefully, though. It's not like nobody wanted to show up to War Games. No, and I'm sure they could have easily sold out the Staples Center with NXT, given the product they had. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, because we are not cussing on this show, mm. I will just tell you that Survivor Series was... A dud. It was tough. You know, I, I, there's there's the there's the star rating system that a lot of people use. Mm-hmm. Meltzer, lots of other people use it. The equivalent of a dud is it existed. It wasn't a minus five. It wasn't a minus four, and so on. But it was not a five star, four star. It was a dud. I'm going to ask you a legitimate question that I didn't ask you before coming on air. All right. Was it better? Than Crown Jewel and Backlash of this year. All right. So because you are the historian of the two of us when it comes to World Wrestling Entertainment, um, Crown Jewel was an awful show. Correct. Um, They booked it on purpose to be an awful show. Which is disrespectful to us and to the fans in Saudi Arabia. Uh, But given all the circumstances of what led up to it, the show in general, the fact that they wanted to wipe their hands clean of it but not Mm -hmm. get sued... So, I mean, that pay-per-view in itself being the glorified house show almost doesn't count as Fair a real enough. show. So then let me take that away for a second. So you'll have to it... remind me what the main event of Backlash was this year. Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. Oh, that's Snooze Fest. Yeah, the Snooze Fest that included the double low blow between AJ okay, and Shinsuke. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yes. Because I'm actually going to bring it up on my phone right now. Okay. Because we I can are bring referencing it up here if you'd this. like. We'll do. Backlash 28. Now, here, here's what I will tell you about Survivor Series 2018. There was a match that was really good. Mm-hmm. There was another match that I fell asleep part of the way through. It picked back up 
and I will consider acceptable. Fair enough. There was another match that was very good until they decided, well, we have two people that we don't want losing, so why did we book the match in a DQ finish? Fair enough. Which I equivalent which which I equaled to you going to a five-star restaurant, having a five-star meal, having dessert, and finding a turd in your dessert. What are you gonna remember more? The turd, not the meal. Yeah. So uh, backlash. Tw- so, given that said, there were three matches that were good. Two of them, I'm sorry, one of them had a bad finish. One of them, it's it's never good when you get bored of it, and uh, we'll get to it. And then there was a really good title match. Right. The only title match on the show, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if you can't figure out what was the match of the night. So Backlash 2018. So if you're telling me that there were three matches I would consider acceptable on the Backlash card, I might uh, disagree with you. So the we only had, one that I can remember that was truly, truly acceptable was the Miz versus Seth Rollins for the IC title. Okay, Rollins, Miz was good. Yep. You'll have to remind me of the Carmella Charlotte Flair match. It was 10 minutes, but was it a good 10 minutes? I'll be honest with you. I can't remember it. Okay, AJ and Shinsuke ending in a draw. That worthless tag. Oof. I'm trying to remember. Okay. Yeah. Yes, this was better than Backlash. Okay, thank you. Now. That's not saying much. That does not mean. Oh, oh, and by the way, it was also better than Crown Jewel. Which again, does not say much. This will, for a a big four Mm pay-per-view, it was a dud. Very much so. Um, Many of the decisions that were made on this show were very puzzling. Mm -hmm. Talk about Um, a sweep. By the time we got to the main event, I was so drained that the way that it was basically rinse repeat of last year's main, main event, event. Well, not main event, but champion versus champion match. Did not have me worried about near falls and near submissions at the end of the match. Right. That doesn't make it intriguing to me. I agree wholeheartedly. So. I mean, we were watching it here and I was struggling. Actually, you know what? Let's, yeah, we'll get to it in a second. So, we had eight matches. On the card, yeah, we had one pre-show, we had one two hundred five. Okay, so we had seven Raw versus SmackDown matches and one two hundred five live match. Right. So one of the seven Raw versus SmackDown matches was on the pre-show. Um, I unfortunately missed most of, if not all, of the pre-show. So essentially, I will be turning it to you as for a very quick re- recap of that match. Essentially, what I will say is that. It, it seemed very inconsequential to even have this on the show. Well, and when we get into the actual in-depth review of Survivor Series, we'll tell you how inconsequential it was. Okay. So, Team Raw had the Ascension, the B-Team, the Lucha House Party, which consisted of Kalisto and Linsa Dorado uh, wrestling, uh, the Revival, and Bobby Which I Ro- called, by the way. Yes, you did. Uh, the Revival and Bobby Roode and Chad Cable. Uh, Team SmackDown was a new day with uh, being represented by Big E and Xavier Woods, the Colognes, Sanity, which was represented by Eric Young and Killian Dane, Gallows and Anderson, and the Usos. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and get into who eliminated who. I'm just going to go ahead and get to the uh, Raw side at the end of the match versus the SmackDown side at the end of the match. Now, one thing to take away from all of this, to me, in a positive light, is the fact that the Revival actually eliminated the New Day to get to the Usos. 
By the way, not surprising since they're rumored to be leaving that a team that is a team or people that are rumored to be leaving get pushed. Right. Uh, which I really hope is not the case here. If, if, not, if this has not been made clear, it will be right now. Both Boss Ross and I are big fans of the Revival, and they deserve a whole heck of a lot better than what they've been receiving on the main roster. That's the truth. Take it or leave it. Um, with that being said, um, the Usos versus the Revival portion of this match, at the end of it, why not? Why didn't they just give us the Usos versus the Revival? You know, the best tag team that's not the champion on Raw versus the back te- best tag team that's not the champion on SmackDown. And it was a great way to, you know, the match between the Usos and the New Day a couple of weeks ago to determine the captains of Team SmackDown would have been a perfect way to go ahead and say, you're representing SmackDown along with the bar at Survivor Series. Then you would have had the Revival on Raw have a match with whoever you wanted them to have a match against. And then they, they would have won and it would have been the perfect saying of... You're the best tag team that's not authors of pain to represent Raw, and you. we want you to face the Usos. That would have been perfect, instead of having 17 dudes in the ring at the same damn time and say, oh, have at it on the pre-show, where it's going to be completely inconsequential once we get into the discussion of Survivor Series that's about to be right now. And that's what's so frustrating to me. Now, again... The Usos, who ended up being the sole survivors of this match and winning the winning it for SmackDown, um, it was solid. It was great. The Usos are. I'll keep saying it until the day I until the day that they retire, um, are the best tag team of this generation in WWE. Um, it's 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 Usos, New Day, Bar, and everybody else in that order. One, two, three. Um, and for the revival to be booked so strongly against the brothers, uh, I think speaks volumes. And I hope it's WWE opening their eyes and saying, "Hey, the revival has a lot to offer." There's a reason why they were the first two-time tag team champions in NXT. Let's book them that way on the main roster. How hard is that? Dash and Wilder hit the shatter machine on Xavier Woods. I think when he was. You mean Dash and Dawson? I'm sorry. Dash Wilder Wilder and Scott Dawson. Yes. Um, They hit the shatter machine on a flying Xavier Woods in a crazy spot that popped LA. Like, that should go ahead and tell you that these guys are really, really good. I don't need to say anything else about the Usos. We already know about the Usos. I just said that they're the best tag team of this generation. So, come on, WWE. You're killing me. Now, with that being said, Usos won. brings, Brings us now into the actual main show of Survivor Series, where if... Should, it, should we just say what exactly happened with the scorecard? So, here's what you need to know, everybody. Uh, apparently, the pre-show did not count towards the total in which Team SmackDown won. The rest of this night was won by Raw. And when oh, I mean right. won by Raw, I mean 6 nothing Raw. In fact, they stopped counting after it was officially 4 nothing. Correct. They stopped putting the scoreboard up. Yep. Um, so, this was the plan all along to have Stephanie McMahon and Baron Corbin and all these people come out tomorrow night saying that uh, Raw's the superior brand. Which, by the way, uh, that's not any surprise for any of you guys that have watched the program that, that Raw's the flagship and it's going to stay the flagship. And they'll do everything they can to undermine the B-Show, which right, is Right, which, which is really... St- 
Ross, just a really quick thing, side note, we'll continue with the show, and I don't mean to do this, um, this isn't planned, but why, if you're World Wrestling Entertainment, and you're the business side of it, and you have a move to one of the biggest sports networks in the world coming up next year, why in God's name would you undermine your second show so badly to make it seem like there's nothing worth watching on it when you are getting a lot of money from Fox Sports to put your program on there. It's true. You know, like you're already struggling for ratings where you're getting two to two and a half million viewers every Monday and Tuesday. And by the way, you're in football season right now. True. And you're st- and you're clearly struggling. And when football season is over, you still struggle. Why? Why do you do that to yourself? Why are you shooting yourself in the foot? Because they don't care about their television ratings anymore. They care about their network subscribers. Then why in God's name would you even try to get this huge mega deal with Fox Sports? And why would Fox Sports even give in to this? Like, they should be watching Survivor Series right now and saying, why did we agree to this? Because wins and losses don't matter. <sighs> I mean... I suppose. I mean, I, you're right, and I know what you're saying. It's just and and by the way, it it, it 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 pains me that I have to say that. Because, yeah, I know because I wish it did. Yeah. By the way, that match got 22 minutes. What the pre-show match? Yes. I, I'm I'm I, I'm glad that it did because it just goes to show. It's like, hey guys, we're sorry and, we couldn't put you on the main show. Here we're going to give you. 20 and minutes by the, the way, it was the second longest match on the show. The longest match of was the men's five on five. Oh, okay. What was it like? 25? 24. 24 minutes? Yep. Yeah. Well, it was a quick match for a five on five Survivor Series match, considering the fact that in 2016, Raw and SmackDown got like 49 minutes. Or I believe like the year Triple H won. Last year? Yeah. I only believe- got like half hour. No, I believe that match went over 40 minutes. Really? Okay, because I remember 2016, which was when Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton were the sole survivors for SmackDown. I believe that the, got almost an hour. Now, considering yeah. what happened 20 minutes after that with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar going 86 seconds. Which was awesome, by the way. Which was amazing. But it makes sense. Right, why so you, look yeah. up the uh, time for last year's men's 5-on-5 five five sure. survivor. We move to the uh, first match on the regular show, which was the 5-on-5 five five series women's match. That involved Team Raw, which, by the way, uh, because apparently I missed the pre-show, because, you know, on the pre-show to your pay-per-view, that's when you have to make changes to your angles and the actual show, right? Uh, 33 minutes was uh, last year's Raw versus SmackDown Okay, match. then I'm thinking of the 2016. year... 2016. No, I, I must be thinking of the year that uh, Sting came out. That that, that was a 45-minute match, okay. actually. But, uh, that's the probably the one I'm thinking of yeah, then. Yeah, and the okay. 2016 one was about... Almost that was with uh, Ziggler and Rollins uh, being the last Great two finish. guys. Great finish. With uh, Sting and Triple H, which ended up uh, being at WrestleMania. Hey, your boy Triple H won boy, that match. Triple H, man. Triple with H the DX and the NWO being yeah. a part of it. So that, that Team SmackDown versus Team Raw match in 2016, which is AJ, Bray, Ambrose, Randy, and McMahon versus Strowman, Jericho, KO, Roman, and Rollins. That was 52 minutes. So Shane McMahon has been on Team SmackDown three years in a row. That is correct. That's correct. We will get to that match. Oh, we sure will. Because my partner uh, left the room twice during that match. Um, was it twice? I felt like I walked was, out more it, it, than it, that. It, it was twice. Okay, cool. So, uh, team, so back to my point. They yeah. they apparently changed Team Raw during the pre-show. Uh, instead of it being Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, Natalia, and Ruby Riot. Apparently, Natalia and Ruby Riot were fighting during the pre-show. So, Team Raw put in Sasha and Bailey. To replace them. So, can I just say something? Because of that, it mm-hmm. ruined my pick 
for the five on five women's women's match because I picked Ruby Riot to be the sole survivor for Raw. Good times. Yep. Uh, SmackDown had Naomi, Carmella, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and a mystery partner, which apparently was also determined on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. It was what everybody thought it was going to be, even though I figured they may stray from the path because they cut an angle on it. It was Mandy Rose. Yep. It makes sense. She she cut a promo being upset with uh, Paige, so it makes sense that she's on the team. Which, by the way, they apparently weren't on a, in a group called Absolution. They were clearly in Evolution. Uh, thank you, thank you, Corey Graves, for saying that Sony Deville and Mandy Rose were also a part of Evolution. They were running roughshod with Randy Orton, Batista, Ric Flair, and Triple H, and of Lich. course, they were never seen. And they were 10 years younger, so I'm pretty sure they were both in probably high school or college. That is the third Triple H reference in 16 minutes. Just figured I'd point out, he's your boy, Triple H. He's not my boy. No, he's not. As far as I'm concerned, uh, he is uh, a shapeshifter, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So, um, essentially what I will tell you is that it came down to Nia Jax and Sasha versus Asuka. Who got nuclear heat? Nia Jax did. Yeah, because yeah. this crowd was pro Becky, which we'll get to later on in the show yes, with another will. match in which they were pro Becky. I'm I've said my piece. I'm not going to get upset about it on this show. Everybody knows how I feel. So it was Sasha and Nia against Oscar. We had Oscar eliminate Sasha because after after Nia Jax uh, broke up. The, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. She attacked Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks was about to go off the top rope. Yeah. Nia Jax pushed her over. Asuka uh, made her submit with the broken chicken wing submit instead of just telling the ref that you give up. I always hate that um, when it's in a submission where your arms are doing the the, the broken chicken Blame. wing. Right, yeah. it's stupid. Uh, Nia Jax came in, hit her uh, Samoan drop, and won after three leg drops. By the way. Oh, we'll get to more Hogan talk later. Uh, Nia Jax is your sole survivor for Team Raw. Of course, she got booed because she punched Becky Lynch in the face, which was an accident. They uh, She has since publicly apologized on, uh, I believe it was Twitter. Um, Did she? I believe so. I don't know. If you go ahead and take a look at those Twitter rants between the let's, four of them. Let's, let's put it this way. Yeah. Um, Baron Corbin spoke out about concussions and lost his money in the bank briefcase, lost his push, and is now a general manager. Nia Jax punches the hottest thing in your women's division, and she still is the sole survivor and still has a championship match against Ronda Rousey. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so, Oh, this- by the way, really quickly, um, and I'm sorry to interrupt. We just want to go ahead and say, mention something. WWE is really strong on Mandy Rose. That's all I got to say. Hey, look, um, I get that they're doing the women's revolution and they're getting the gals that can wrestle more than the gals that look good. And I'm perfectly okay with this, but I, look, it, it's 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 hard to get people to look away from the television when she's on it. That's all I'm gonna say. And they think that she's gonna get better, and, and she looks like she was getting and, better, and she is getting better. Yeah, um, but no, 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 that, that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying. No, no, I'm just I'm just telling yeah. you that uh, <clears throat> in this business, um, it still somewhat matters how you look. Agreed. I'm not saying it dictates it. I'm saying it is a factor. I agree. Uh, So there's no other way for me to uh, say this. Apparently your uh, cloud has not been backed up in three weeks. I don't know what you're doing with your life. (laughs) 
We have don't judge me. We have an iPad and a computer here tonight. That is a that is a great desktop picture of uh, AJ Styles that I know you want to put on your iPad right now. That is AJ Styles speaking. Everybody, I don't know why my uh, friend here is having trouble hitting the pause button. There we go. That is a hilarious picture of you, by the way. I was twenty two <laughs> years young. Me and the wife. I that was on my birthday, actually. Moving on. Well, yeah. she, she looks great. Oh, I don't know what finished. happened to you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I got lucky, clearly. Shout out to my wife. So, uh, we had what I thought could have been capable of best match of the night. By the way, this almost got 22 minutes, the Rollins-Shinsuke match. Almost Boy, did it feel minutes. long. Yes. So, uh, uh, there's no other way for me to say this. Uh, I believe Seth Rollins was wrestling a man who was wearing pajamas tonight. He looked like a blue Power Ranger. Shinsuke Nakamura looked like he borrowed parachute pants from... Didn't you uh, compare them to Prince? From either Prince or Michael Jackson. Right. He had two different shades of blue, which were really, really, he really He also intense. looked like he had just gotten out of a slumber party, getting ready for <laughs> uh, toasting some chestnuts on a fire. Uh, this is also the man that looks like he deflated Cookie Monster and made clothes out of him. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Oh my gosh. Uh, so oh, this, and clearly uh, Seth Rollins likes to sew different shirts yes, together. Yes, he likes to sew shirts together. Yeah, shirts. That's, uh, yeah, shirts. Yeah, I've, been, I've been awake since 3.30 in the morning. You've no been all me. over the place. Yeah, I'm trying. You have 1,300 emails to answer. Oh my god! It's all junky now. Uh, you know, I don't even know what to say to you right now. It's not mine. It's my wife. Haven't backed up the cloud. 1,300 emails. What are you doing with your life? God. These are things that happen here on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> of course, they came out with the half raw, half Rollins shirt, which right. they did with the half raw, half shield shirt that they did as well. And Rollins rocked it at uh, 2016, too. Yes. Yeah. I believe they sell those, by the way. Um, I want to buy one. Buy it from me for Christmas, Ross. I don't know if I can do that. Fair enough. I, 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 think, I, would, I think I would probably ask too much in return. Fair enough. Even though I just gave you my last Haagen-Dazs ice cream bar. I, you offered it, sir. I did. I wanted to be kind. I, and I'm, I'm glad and you enjoyed it. And that's all that matters. I did. I yeah. did. Uh, so this match started very slow. Yeah. It was, uh, this was the match that I kind of fell asleep during. Unfortunately. Which kind of sucks yeah, because. Uh, it's, it's the second, it's the third best wrestler on your roster versus one of your stiffest workers on the roster. Shinny Nax. Shinny Nax. Knock um, America. Now here, here is, here is what I will admit to you. Yeah. Um, Shinsuke worked intentionally slow. He's a heel. He's supposed to. He's a heel. Um, I know that some people would probably want this match to be faster. Yeah. Which, if they allowed the strong style to be more of a thing, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're in there with a guy that has hurt people before. Um, I don't need to see Seth Rollins get kicked in the face. No, I don't need to say Shin I don't need to see Shinsuke Nakamura get buckle bombed unsafely. I agree. Um, however, but I would have liked to have seen Rollins work a quicker pace than he actually did. I can understand why Nakamura didn't because again he's a heel. Yes, but Rollins was exceptionally slow, slow tonight, and it was really frustrating. Well, and again for for this being the second match on the show, we just saw the women's match that really wasn't anything special, right. and we needed something to kind of pick the crowd up, spark it up was, a little bit. This yeah. was a perfect chance to do that, and, and they, failed. they didn't. Now. Uh, probably about halfway through the match, things started to get a little more interesting. Yeah. A little more fast-paced. Started to see some tope suicidas from my boy. 
Uh, we started seeing uh, Shinsuke Nakamura kind of goat Seth Rollins into his... Which, again, uh, the the psychology of the match was, was, was good yeah. because you had Nakamura dictating the pace almost the whole match. Agreed. Until probably the last five minutes, which, shockingly, Seth Rollins dominated in one. It's amazing how that works. So, uh, Rollins hit the curb stop, pinned Nakamura. Raw was up 2 nothing at this point. Yeah. So, of course, I think to myself, because of the history of this event, well, uh, because I got that prediction wrong, somebody on the SmackDown side is winning. Right. That led us to the third match, which was... The Bar. The Bar versus the Authors of Pain. Champions versus Champion. Of course, AOP walked out with Drake Maverick. And, of course, uh, The Bar with their... With their side venue, the big show. Absolutely. Paul White in the building. Paul White. Just imagine Paul White when uh, when uh, Sheamus had the gimmick of the Great White. Ooh. It'd be a lot of humanity. I'm just saying. No, that's how good. Hell, if this was 1997, they could have done a racial angle out of it. The Great White Hope. Just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. They could have had Jack Gallagher. They could have had all those pasty guys in there. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> but that would have been 97. Right. This is 2018. Correct. They would never get away with that. Oh, wait. They were going to do it with the New Day, and then they decided to make them go, like, bananas, and they were more over. They were going to be a religious heel group. They were. They were going to be a choir. They started off as a choir. New Day sucks. New Day sucks. Okay. Uh, hey, that's what people were chanting at first, and right. I've continued it ever since. It's perfectly fine. Cereal, pancakes, B, Booty. S. Just saying. Yeah. See, I don't cuss. I just say letters. It's all good. Uh, so this match was actually okay for the first couple of minutes. It was. So here's my problem with Bleacher Report, who I like and then oh I dislike, boy. and I like and I dislike. They went the they went they gave this match a D. But I think I know the reason why they gave it a D. Because the Big Show didn't turn uh, babyface? No, apparently it's because they didn't chokeslam Drake Maverick through the floor. But whatever. Hey. Well, listen. Oh, I think everybody just expected it. Yeah. Now, listen, we saw a very interesting spot in this match involving Drake Maverick, the Big Show, Cesaro, and oh. Sheamus. Which is probably the reason why this match got a D. And I'll be completely honest with you. This is one of Vince McMahon's dumbass ideas. And excuse me for cursing, I'm not allowed to say that word, but that was how frustrating that particular point of that match was, which is to me the reason why Bleacher Report gave it All a right. D. So, so before you go into this, because I know you want to, yeah, the authors of Pain won because of a pee joke. Exactly. I'm not joking. A urine joke is what caused the bar to get rolled up and pinned by the authors of Pain. Basically, what I like to say is every once in a while, the Double Turn podcast turns into a serious podcast. We're being serious. Okay, so the big show had Drake Maverick chokeslammed against the ropes. Yep. Drake Maverick was still standing. Yep. And uh, you could see him shuffling around in his trousers. And all of a sudden there was a wet spot. Yep. Clearly tell it was a water bottle or something of that nature. Right. I think they probably uh, were going for maybe more of an effect. I think it just kind of happened that way. Well, he was kind of shaking and shimming. And what, I know. Big show uh, laughed. Walked away, and uh, Sheamus took the pin. Was pinned Clean. by, uh, I believe, Akam pinned yeah. him. 
Which is, by the way, it's not every, it's not all the time that you see Sheamus take the clean pinfall for the bar. Usually, I've seen hey, Cesaro do it. Uh, there was there was a long time when I was complaining that when Gallows and Anderson wrestled, Anderson took ninety eight percent of the pins, right? Because he was a smaller guy, right? And that's and that's why I'm surprised. But I, no problem; it's perfectly fine. Uh, plus, uh, Sheamus, former world champion Cesaro, horribly booked for the last like five years. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, so the AOP get a win here, which I'm not opposed to them winning. I am opposed to the fact that they won via urine, and uh, this this once again makes the bar look like idiots. So in this calendar year, yeah, they have lost. To a 10-year-old. And Braun Strowman, yeah. And they've lost because of a urine joke. They're the best tag team on SmackDown. Well, they're they're their champions right now. They're their champions, Mm -hmm. yes. Which to me means that you're the best tag team on the show. That's right. Um, And let's be honest with with each other. I'm going to admit to you that to me they're the best tag team in WWE right now because... AOP hasn't done anything on the main roster yet. And the, Usos were, off, and the Usos were off television for a while, right. and uh, the New Day are too busy uh, eating pancakes. Right, exactly. With a Scooby-Doo bo- announce desk. Uh, Wrestling-wise, Sheamus and Cesaro are the best team na- tag team in WWE, and you make them look like fools. And it's very incredibly frustrating, and it's like it, then you wonder why Cesaro would want to leave, why Sheamus is looking forward to retirement. Uh, it's 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 gonna be sweet when uh, I can call the best tag team on Raw the Ascension. It's gonna be sweet. Or the Fashion Police. Come uh, back, no. Fandango. As far, as far as I know, Fandango is uh, still MIA. Colognes for the tag team titles on SmackDown. Yeah, I you know they were not the first tag team eliminated. By the way, uh, who was who was the first team eliminated? First tag team eliminated. Was it the Lucha House Party. It was not. I be, I want to say it was the Ascension. B team. It was the B team. The Ascension outlasted the B team. Yeah. Yes. It went uh, real quick. Sorry to go back on this, guys, but just to go ahead and give. Oh, you know what? My sincerest apologies. I was wrong. It was the Colognes, then the B team. I was wrong. Then Sanity. Sanity was eliminated quickly. The Ascension outlasted Sanity. Yes. <laughs> yep. It was Ascension, then Gallows and Anderson, then the Lucha House Party, then the New Day. Okay. And then the Usos beat. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Rude and Gable were. Rude okay. and Gable were eliminated after Lucha House Party. Then the New Day, okay. and then the Usos beat uh, the Revival. So we're saying that the Ascension are a mid card tag team. That is the, love it. Love they it. are not enhancement talent. Can we just have a slow clap for the uh, Ascension? Oh uh, no, it'll be more of a yeah. Ascension's for Raw Tag Team Championship. I'm just saying. Uh, fine. So, <laughs> I think I may be the only Ascension fan left. No, uh, I'm a big Ascension <laughs> fan too. I am. I, I'm an Ascension. Blah, 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 blah. I'm an Ascension fan because of you. I want them to win. That so is, you can be happy. That is. That is okay. All right. Uh, so we then had had the match of the evening. Oh, by far. And it got twelve minutes. <laughs> It was a it was a wonderful twelve minutes. So this is to me, Ross, what Rollins and Nakamura should have been, just with guys that are bigger and bigger stars. So we are we are of course talking about the cruiserweight title match between Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali. Bro, they brought it. They sure did. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm always worried about Mustafa Ali's selling at times. Um, Buddy Murphy had his fair share of intense selling as well, though. He did. Um, 
look, I appreciate a guy that wants to do an over-the-top rope move, but I'm also appreciative of the guy that says, you know what, I'd rather not chance it, and I'd rather halfway through the move grab the rope and yep. make sure I clear it. Absolutely. Uh, so that was, a, that was a dive that Buddy Murphy did onto Mustafa Ali. Uh, Mustafa went for the 054 no short than three times, in which he was thwarted all three times. Uh, Buddy Murphy eventually, after pretty much a flurry of offense from both men, it was very high-paced, yeah. uh, which is essentially what the cruiserweight division has been. So for a 12-minute match that ended with Buddy Murphy hitting his Murphy's Law and wicked move by and the way. beating Mustafa Ali to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. So for a 12-minute match on the only non-Raw versus SmackDown entity on this show, this was the best match on the show. That's what's so crazy about this. This show is centered around Raw and SmackDown, and the best match on the show was 205 Live. Which, if you would have told me a year ago that 205 Live would be the best match on a main card show, on a main Big Four show. I'd have kicked you out of the house. I probably would have laughed straight in your face. Absolutely. Now, there was a couple of moves in this match that had me flabbergasted. One, the Spanish fly never gets old. Commonly also known as the SOS when Kofi Kingston does it. Right. It was amazing. Off the the, uh, announce table, that was particularly wonderful. Ali hitting that tilt-a-whirl DDT on Buddy Murphy was ridiculous. And then there was another spot in particular where Buddy Murphy knocked Mustafa Ali off the top rope. He pushed him off. He pushed him off, and uh, Mustafa Ali basically hit face-first off the ring apron. Yes. Ow. And, by the way, there was countless other moments uh, that were just... Unbelievable! Oh, there was um, help me out that 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 uh, essentially that reverse hurricanrana, if you will, from Ali to yeah, Buddy Murphy. It looked like he dropped him right on his. He neck. dropped him right on his on his neck. I thought I legitimately thought Buddy Murphy was dead for about two seconds. There was another moment where uh, Buddy Murphy shoved Mustafa Ali off the top rope, and he went flying almost into the first row. Unreal! Like that's how unreal this match was. Twelve but, minutes of pure insanity from these two men, and so, well done. So I, I mean. I've had lots of things to complain about on the show. Uh, other than uh, I wish Mustafa Ali would make it seem like he's not dying with every spot. Um, I have zero complaints. Yeah, Buddy Murphy retains the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, and by the way, Bleacher Report, you're an idiot. They gave this match a B plus. This match was clearly an A plus. Just throwing that out there. Uh, I'd, I'd give it an A. An A. It was definitely an A. I'd give it like, an A. It was better than a B plus. But I mean, the difference between a B plus and an A is one percent. I mean, I'm sorry, the difference between an A minus and a B plus, so a couple percent. No, okay. Point it was is, great, though. Uh, this this was match of the night. Yes, it was. Which uh, brings us ugh. to the ridiculousness that was the five on five men's traditional Survivor so Series. So I understand. That you have two dream matches that are ending this card. I was I was still surprised that they went with the men's five on five match at this point in the show. Right. Um, this would be what would be considered the semi main. Yeah. Um, which again, I understand that the dead spot match was not really a dead spot match, but because it's also historically been changed out of that, much like many other things, you know, like wins and losses, heels, baby faces. I could go on. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy that's upset that things are different now because they've chosen to do it and they've conditioned people to accept mediocrity. Hey, there's a lot of other things I could get into about that, but I won't. 
So, Team Raw, which was Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley, with Baron Corbin and Leo Rush at ringside, versus Team SmackDown, which was The Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. Bless you, sir. And I had to sneeze. I had to get that all out. Jeff Hardy was the last name. Sorry about that, everybody. This was the longest match on the card at 24 minutes. And uh, this is what I will tell you. Uh, the Of course, the entire theme for Team Raw was that uh, Bra- oh, Braun Strowman cut a hilarious promo backstage. <laughs> where he Poor literally... Rush, man. He pulled the... Uh, he pulled the, uh, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, you're cool, I'm out of here, promo. But he added his own little Braun Strowman twist. So, of course, he walks up to Drew McIntyre, who he's basically feuding with because uh, the Dogs of War broke up after uh, the Shield is no more. Right. Uh, so, Drew McIntyre, he says, I hate you. Dolph Ziggler, who, uh, for for the remainder of the match at the time, I called Fidel Sassoon because <laughs> of straight hair. Or Ziggy Pop, I'm sorry. Ziggy Pop, yes. We also had Bobby Lashley. We also had Leo Rush and, of course, Finn Balor. So, we went right down the line. said, I hate you, Drew McIntyre. I hate you, Dolph. I hate you, Bobby Lashley. I don't even know who you are. That'd be Leo Rush, which, of course, the other Amazing. running joke is that uh, Elias has been saying is that uh, Leo Rush is a missing child. He's a 10-year-old, yeah. Yes. Compared, uh, to, compared, even compared to Balor, he looked small. Yes, and then he got to Finn Balor. He said, you're cool, but uh, just do your job and we'll have, we'll have no problems. Right. We then had SmackDown cut a promo, which involved The Miz <laughs> having a big lead-up, saying that Shane was going <laughs> to pop everybody up, and then The Miz was his own hype man at that right. point. We had uh, Shane, we had The Miz, we had Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, and Samoa Joe, who looked very bored in the corner. That is correct. And, and we had I one wonder more why. Man. And then we had one more man. Oh, oh. by oh. the way, at the end of the Raw promo, R-Truth was like, yeah, let's go. And they're like, you're not even on the show. That was gold. Miz and Truth need to have a match in which the segment of TV is on the line. They need to then both lose, and it needs to be the Awesome Truth TV segment. By the way, there was one moment where uh, Braun Strowman took Leo Rush and tossed him onto Baron Corbin, and that was amazing. Yes. Yes. And then uh, R-Truth came into the locker room and said, I would like to be a part of Team SmackDown. No, he said he wanted to be on the SmackDown roster. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, (laughs) and they all looked at him and said, but you're already on the roster. Ah! So once again, Truth is the bumbling idiot because he said Green Bay, Wisconsin instead of was instead of Milwaukee. And it was it's, all it's these just years amazing. later. Because because guess what, our Truth's awesome. He will. He, he really is. He he's, the Miz isn't awesome. Our Truth is, and that's saying a lot because the Miz is my boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, so. Let me just tell you, everybody, Samoa Joe looked very bored, and there was a reason for that, because he was the first one eliminated okay. by Drew McIntyre. Let's go ahead and let's talk about that for a second, because that was the first walkout of the moment of the match for me. It was. It I was. laughed uproariously, by the way, because Joe had Drew in the Kikina Clutch twice. twice. Drew rolled out of it both times. Uh, and then, oh, by the way, uh, Strowman was going to start. And yeah. then Drew McIntyre tagged himself in. That was a running theme on this show of, you know, I can I can win the match without anybody's help. That was Drew's motive. So Drew rolls out of two Coquina clutches, hits the Claymore, and pins him. Mm-hmm. That was our first elimination. And by the way, uh, in the women's match, I remember leaving the room and saying, is somebody eliminated? And literally 10 seconds later, Naomi was eliminated. 
Hilarious. Because they don't know how to book Survivor Series matches. Because apparently in a Survivor Series match, it needs to be a 5-on-4 advantage a minute in. Which that, is exactly what happened in this match, too. That, or it needs to be uh, Shane McMahon staying all the way till the end of the match. Whatever. Don't, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Which is fine. I'm sorry. I just had to go ahead and so get So this was a walkout on. moment for you because Walkout you, uh, one of three. All right. So, uh, so Joe was eliminated. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, quite frankly, we had kind of a flurry of things going on. Basically, um, Strowman was on the outside for a long time. Yeah. The Miz and Shane McMahon were on the outside for a long time. So if memory serves me correctly, Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio had to work the majority of this match. Yeah. Which is amazing because of the full-time or of the guys that I would consider wrestlers... They were the two oldest in this match. Yeah, I mean, Mysterio's like 43, and uh, Hardy's about 40. Yes. With the exception of Shane McMahon, they were the two oldest wrestlers in this match. And those two worked most of the match. They sure did. Um, We also saw um, uh, Shane McMahon drop the elbow through the table to Braun Strowman. Uh, So, if memory serves me correctly, I believe Rey Mysterio got an elimination of Balor. Unfortunately. And then, did he also eliminate Ziggler? No. Hardy did. No. Um, wasn't it Shane that re-eliminated him? Yes, because he hit the coast to coast. That was my second walkout of the, mi- of the, of the match. Okay. So, and then uh, we, had, we had basically Strowman eliminate Hardy and Ray and Miz. And McMahon. And it was down to Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Braun Strowman. Shane McMahon, who uh, was dazed and confused. He's clearly the best in the world. He is. This was your third walkout moment, by the way, when 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 The Miz was eliminated by Braun Strowman. No, I'm, and I wasn't mad at the fact that Strowman eliminated Miz. No, like, I, just, it's fine. You, I was just mad at the fact... Pissed at the fact that Shane McMahon that Shane, was the sole survivor. I, listen, I like Shane McMahon. I do. I appreciate him for what he does. He's a he, he's a cool babyface authority figure. Um, and the dude, for not being an actual professional wrestler, can actually go. Like, I, I'll, I'll tell you that. Like, I, I understand that AJ Styles was the one that basically made that masterpiece with Shane McMahon. But Shane McMahon actually had to put in the work. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean... That he's a real wrestler. If he was a real wrestler, Vince, then you would have made him a real wrestler. Oh, and by the way, um, you can do the storyline of the Raw team invade SmackDown. And since everybody else is booked on this show, you have the Raw guys take out enough people to where the SmackDown team has four people. Mm -hmm. And Shane McMahon looks around and goes, well, crap, I have to wrestle. You can do that storyline. Yes, you can. The problem is, this is three years in a row now. That he's on the team. That he's on the team. Two years in a row now that he's in the final person. Because. That's it. Yeah. Just because. Now, granted, kudos to Shane McMahon for taking crazy spots. A la 2016, he took the mid-air spear from Roman. And then uh, tonight, he took that... He went for a coast-to-coast and got leveled with a clothesline from Braun Strowman. That was a great spot. It was a great spot. So uh, Strowman pinned four men in this match. The only man he did not pin was Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe which Drew McIntyre eliminated. Right. 
So literally, this could have been a two-on-five match because the other three men were essentially inconsequential. Yeah. Um, Bobby Lashley got into the ring and got into the match uh, roughly halfway through it, Maybe if not a later. after, yeah. Um, I was quite surprised that he was one of the three survivors. We called Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre to win this match. Yes. It was surprising to see Bobby Lashley leave in there. So uh, the stipulation of the match uh, beforehand was that... Uh, uh, Strowman could not touch Corbin until after the match was over. Right. Uh, Corbin got in a cheap shot. He walked out with McIntyre and Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley. And Braun Strowman stared in from the ring and said, uh, I'm I'm going to beat you on Raw. Like, beat him up. Which I'm sure the storyline will be Baron Corbin having like 12 million men secure, you know, with security and a shark cage because, you know, they love selling toys. Uh, it, something of that nature. Right. So that will be one of the big things coming out of Raw. Other than we'll probably have Stephen McMahon open the show with a twenty-minute promo. I'm just warning you now; it's gonna happen. Damn it! I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling you it's gonna happen. I'm aware of that. Yeah, it's just. We then had Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. This was, of course, supposed to be Ronda versus Becky. You could look at this match two different ways. Go ahead. Becky got punched in the face. Uh, she picked Charlotte because apparently now that feud is apparently over because it's Team Blue. Um, this was essentially this crowd got very animated for a very few things on this match. One of them was booing Nia Jax. Uh, one of them was chanting Becky during this match. Uh, cheering Charlotte Flair going heel. Oh, yeah. Um, they were not openly booing Ronda. It was tough. And I don't think they were openly cheering Charlotte. I think they were cheering they Becky. Were, they were cheering Becky for sure. Which, by the way, um, I still think that if this match would have happened, they still would have had Ronda Rousey win. And Agreed. this crowd would have hated it, and that's just too bad for them. Because, again, I will only say this once on this show... The fact that there are not heels and babyfaces upsets me. The fact that the crowd tries to get over heels because they book babyfaces into oblivion is demoralizing. And the fact is that that's 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 all I could think about when this match was going on. So we had Ronda versus Charlotte. It was nearly a 15-minute match. Uh, this was about to be the best match on the show. And I say that with sincerity because these two, this was supposed to be a dream match. This was supposed to be a match for WrestleMania. Uh, this was early. This, this was an early uh, Thanksgiving Christmas present for the fans. And was, what I will tell you is, again, with all sincerity. This was as good as it, we this was. It this was about to be match of the night until the finish. Yep. And again... I hate the fact that they're trying to push the Ronda Rousey underdog storyline. It sucks. Which is probably, to uh, to me at least, is partly the reason why the L.A. was reacting the way that they were reacting. Well, again, the the in-ring action of these two was, was great. On point. Um, do I think they're capable of having a better match? Yes, yes. I do. For the, I mean, but for their first one-on-one -on -one meeting, yeah, this was, was intense. I mean, Ronda got busted open. Uh, hard way. Yeah. Uh, she was bleeding from the mouth. She took a uh, spot from the turnbuckle early in the match. That that had to have been uh, her just hitting hard way and just hitting the turnbuckle too hard. Right. Um, 
you know, we had Charlotte trying to go for submissions. We had Ronda trying to go for submissions. Um, they were, they both looked like they were trying to say, you know, this is my house or this is my throne or this is my ring and yeah. being the baddest woman on the planet, you know, yes. not trying to be a man. Right. So that's, I'm, I'm not, I said I wasn't going to get mad, so I'm not going to. I just point that out. Trying to be the best woman, or should I say the baddest woman on the planet. They use the B word. Just saying. Anyway. This match was great. It was. Until that. Until Charlotte Flair just said, I can't beat you. I'm taking out a kendo stick and beating the hell out of you. Two kendo sticks. Yes, because she broke the first one. That is correct. She broke the second one, too. And uh, she threw up against the, the uh, steps. Mm-hmm. Is there a spot on the table, too? Uh, no, I don't think so. What she did do was take out the chair. She was going to smash her with the chair. Oh, she, they, right. did, they took it away from her. She gets out of the ring, mm-hmm. comes back, hits natural selection on the chair. Right, because it was still in the ring. Yep. And then uh, a bunch of uh, security guys came out. Actually, I'm sorry. A bunch of refs came out. She shoved them out of Along the way. Along with Jamie Noble. Which, well, that was after all the refs came out. Because oh, the guys right. in the yep. black shirts came out afterwards. Yeah. Okay. I have said on this show before, I am not a fan of the fact that many men on this show go through emasculation. I'm also not a fan of women violence on men because it's just not my thing. However, this is, they're trying to get her away from somebody and she's doing the, it, this did not bother me. She didn't hit wrestling moves on them. She shoved them away. Right. Okay. Well, she did spear one of the refs. That's fine. Yeah, but it's it's, it's, you can consider that a tackle. I, I'm I'm not. It's fine. It's and then the guys in the black shirts came out and um, now my whole thing is why did they not take the chair off of Ronda's neck by this time? She hit her with the chair wrapped around her neck. Mm-hmm. She walked out of the ring. She had a crazed look in her face. It appears they are doing the storyline of Becky broke Charlotte, which is really in interesting. Two months, right? So, are these two just heel best friends again? Because I guarantee you they're going to get cheered, which is stupid anyway. Charlotte was getting cheered. I understand that it was, they were very oh, pro yeah. Becky, but they were cheering the... They, the, the, the they even said thank you, Charlotte, Charlotte for, uh, for representing Becky and, and beating yeah. up Ronda Rousey. Now, here was the thing, and you and I were discussing it after the match. Ronda is getting helped, and then she's getting out of the, out of the ring. Um, first things first, she had welts all over. She took shots from that kendo stick. It was unreal. Um, And she looked... Now, I I can't tell if this was kayfabe or not, but the look in her eyes, uh, she was looking at the crowd in the Staples Center, was it was as if she was angry at the fact that they turned on her. So it's like, okay, so Charlotte just turned heel. Are we now seeing... Ronda turn heel too. I would. I, would. I, I mean, I wouldn't say it like that, but that's a kind of like that was the. Kind I think of, it was just the special thing of because remember, people mm-hmm. bought this show. People bought tickets to come see the show, expecting yeah. this to be Becky versus Ronda, right? And it changed five days ago. Not on by any means being the fi- fault of anybody, and it was an accident. I mean, I mean, yeah. it, say what you want. It was an accident. Yeah, no, no, I know. And they had to change the. They had changed the match. And they gave us a really great one. But again, I had a five-star meal with a minus five-star dessert. Right. So, again, uh, it's... I never like when the fans try to get themselves over. Yeah. This was not... And cheer for a heel beating up a baby face. Mm. I hate it. It's stupid. 
Right. I blame fans for their behavior of trying to make themselves the show. Then we had the main event. Which we were quite surprised that this match was the main event. However, given the fact of how that five-on-five men's match went, uh, we are fully understanding of why in the world you would put Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan as your main event at Survivor Series. Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, WWE Champion versus Universal Champion. Daniel Bryan became the WWE Champion five days ago after beating AJ Styles in a WWE title match on SmackDown to replace him in this match. Very similar to what happened last year in that AJ Styles beat Jinder Mahal yep. to be in the match instead of Jinder Mahal in one of Brock Lesnar's... In fact, we said this before, and I agree, it is still Brock Lesnar's best match since he's been back. I think you could go ahead and make the case for either that match or the uh, CM Punk match at SummerSlam. One of those two. Yes, but that was so long that ago. Was 20, that was five years ago, you're right. Almost, yeah, yeah five and a half years ago. So... Um, so, Daniel Bryan comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. He's a I'm, heel. I, he, he's a heel, and he's still coming out to fly to the Valkyries and the yes stuff. However, he did not do the yes thumbs or the yes fingers in the air. He started doing it, and then he stopped. Because that's what heels are supposed to that's, do. It was great. It was honestly a great little moment. Um, he had that very cocky. He had that crazy cocky look in his eyes. He was daring Brock Lesnar to come out. Brock Lesnar came out. Paul Heyman did his shtick because he's the best promo in the business. Correct. Um, of course, he hyped up his guy. Uh, there was a lot of uh, stalling. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brock Lesnar, I believe, suplexed him nine times. He went to town on him. Um, the very first one, I actually thought Daniel Bryan got another concussion. I did too. That's how bad it looked. Yeah, he... he the, Basically, now, whatever he did to the Singh brothers, he did to Daniel Bryan first suplex of the night. Now, what I will tell you is Daniel Bryan did a really good job selling it, it because sure, sure did because it because he because by the end of this match, you know he was he was threatening to win the match. Oh yeah, he was. You know, this looked like another ten minute squash. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, they have more faith in Daniel Bryan than they do Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. even though that was considered a protected squash. Right. So. Uh, eventually, he had him pinned twice. Yeah, he hit two running knees. No, I'm saying Brock had Daniel Bryan pinned oh, yes. twice. Yes, I'm sorry. Brought him up both times. Uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, after being F5'd into the official, hit a low blow on Brock Lesnar, hit the running knees, had a near fall. Right. Uh, he put him in the S lock twice. Basically, yeah. I mean, it was one full long. There yes, was one lock, really long one. No, okay. Yeah, there was one long one and two short ones. So there was three. Okay, that's right. Because um, he had him in the center of the ring. Uh, Brock Lesnar was very close to tapping the first time. Yeah, he was. You the know. second one, the second time too. And then uh, did he hit him with knees again after a couple chop blocks, a couple different things? I believe he had the yes kicks as well. Yeah. Um, and Brock survived it all. Uh, Brock hit him with uh, an F5. Did Brian kick out of the first one? He did. No, he didn't. Uh, Brock uh, pulled him back up. That's right. Yeah. That's um, right. However, Brock took a uh, headshot to the ring post. Brock smacked himself with the ring steps. Uh, Brock caught uh, Daniel Bryan after a Topa Suicida, which is what led to the ring post uh, head smack. Mm-hmm. Um there was a lot of... Uh, I'm going to put it to you this way. 
This match wasn't bad. This match was actually quite good. The problem is, if you watched AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar last year, you just saw it all over again tonight, except with Daniel Bryan being the opponent to Brock Lesnar. That's what this was. Here's the other problem. Let's say Daniel Bryan would have won. Uh-huh. Which would have been pretty surprising. Mark that moment. It still would and you said it best, and I'll let it, you say it. It 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 would not it, it would not have saved this show. No, it wouldn't have because of the stupid book. This was this a show. sandwich filled with Turd. a dud. Okay. I'll give you that. It was listen, this show had so much promise. You had Shinsuke versus Rollins, and you should have just made it more fast paced, it would have given you a better match. Uh, the five-on-five match, you basically put in two old wrestlers plus a guy that doesn't re- that's not a wrestler in the match when you could have put in the best Survivor Series performer of our generation in Randy Orton. You could have put in a new face in Andrade Sinamas. You could have put in uh, a guy like Rusev who's been on fire all of, all of 2018. You could have maybe not change the WWE title from AJ to Daniel Bryan and you could have had Daniel Bryan in the five on five. By the way, I'm not saying that I didn't want Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar because I very much did, but but fine, you keep AJ, I'm sorry, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar and then maybe you decide, hey, AJ, we want you to be a part of this pay-per-view. We know that you're mad about losing the WWE title. Take out your frustrations on Raw. So... Let me ask you another question before we wrap up Survivor Series and yeah. I get into a much better mood when we go into War Games. Because it's been a long day for me too. Mm. Things that have been set up for the next pay-per-view. We, we have one match for we sure. One match. We have Rollins versus Ambrose. For the IC title. I would presume tomorrow night we are going to get Corbin versus Strowman. Mm-hmm. Or at least... That's what's going to be scheduled. Right. I, I sincerely hope they don't rush Strowman versus McIntyre for Raw tomorrow night. I doubt it. I They've done crazier things. They have. Um, I expect a 20-minute Stephanie McMahon promo saying how great Raw is. I expect SmackDown to be a little on the dejected side. I anticipate Daniel Bryan cutting a very weird, cryptic, crazy promo. I expect the announcement of AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan at TLC. As do I. Yeah. As do I. Um, I expect... I expect a Miz TV segment with the members of Team SmackDown and yeah. somehow Truth will show up and make, it, and make everything better. I think... I think the most, to me, one of the things to look forward to when you look at at SmackDown, because SmackDown, even though they went through a bad stretch tonight... I think they lost every match except for the pre-show, right? which but, didn't even count in the numbers. That is correct, but I still think that it's going to be the more interesting show because of what happened with Charlotte and Ronda. I think what Charlotte has to say on Tuesday, uh, you're going to want to look forward to. It'll be really interesting to see what Becky Lynch has to say if she's on the show. Which I'm assuming she will be. She just won't be in action. But I'm sure she'll cut a promo of some sort. Right. Um, so so that probably. Be- uh, well, and there are and there are multiple ways they could do this. They could say they could have Becky come out and be uh, happy with Charlotte, or they right. could say, "Hey, you didn't beat her." Right. So I mean, yeah. who knows? And what what will be the actions from Paige towards Charlotte for what she did to Rhonda? Yes, that'll be really interesting all to see. Um, but for whatever reason, I'm more pumped up to watch SmackDown than I am to watch Raw. 
because of a big... But Which is not surprising, It's not way. surprising, but it's just really interesting given the fact that SmackDown didn't win a single match on the main show. True story. But that's probably what makes it so interesting. It's like, where does SmackDown go from here? They just got swept. They've never been swept like this before. So it's like, okay, we'll see. But let's get into something that will make my boy Boss Ross really happy. War Games 2. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, this was also from the Staples Center. Uh, the attendance was 13,598. And I believe uh, the attendance tonight for Survivor Series was 16,000. Now, again, we're going to preface it by saying this. I guarantee you WWE could have sold more than 16,000 tickets for War Games. I'm sure they did it on purpose because they didn't want it to be War Games had a better attendance than, w- than Survivor no, Series. Because... Let's be honest. If you're a real fan of professional wrestling, War Games would have gotten a larger attendance in Survivor Series. All right. So there were four matches announced on this card. We ended up getting a fifth match. Uh, Again, this was from the Staples Center. So uh, Matt Riddle actually opened the show. He cut a promo on Cassius Ono saying that... uh, well, he thinks he's better than him, and he thinks he's the real knockout artist. And Cassius Ono came out and said, well, we were supposed to have a match this week on NXT on Wednesday. Let's just do it now. They got in the ring. Matt Riddle hit one knee, and it lasted seven seconds, and he pinned Cassius Ono. Bro. That was a big pop from the crowd. Mm-hmm. People love Matt Riddle. Um, this, uh, I'm not saying the company has huge plans for the guy, but I think they have some pretty big plans for the guy. Um, they they have wanted Matt Riddle to come in for a while, and yeah. now that he's here, um, he is going to uh, he's 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 going to take NXT by storm. He sure is. I don't know if he's going to go ahead and take it as big of a storm as Adam Cole did, but that's to be seen. Oh, there's oh also side note because now we're on NXT. Yeah, they cut or they they showed a Lars Sullivan vignette on Good Survivor Series. Good for Lars him. Sullivan is coming. I'm curious to see if he'll be on SmackDown or on Raw. Well, I'll tell you right now, if they want to keep him the monster... You put him on SmackDown. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Don't put him anywhere near Braun Strowman. Because he does not need to be in the Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman crowd. He needs Dra- to be... Drew McIntyre, yeah. He needs to be... Far, far away from them. He needs to be the monster on SmackDown. Yeah. He, he needs to be... Yeah. You know what you do? That's what when he needs to be. you put him on be. SmackDown, have him destroy the big show the same way Braun Strowman did. That could work. That could work. Freak um, accident on Big Show. Oh my gosh, it would be crazy. Or you know what? Have him, you know, big beat the snot out of Big E. Do something like that. Have him show up on SmackDown and take down the biggest hoss he can find. That means Killian Dane. That means Big E. Well, I wouldn't means, do Killian Dane. I know, but, yeah. but you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying. But okay, Samoa Joe. That's a perfect way to turn Samoa Joe babyface. By having him take a d- destruction, from regardless him. of what they do, yeah. um, it's going to be good. If they're not going to put the NXT title or the North American title on Lars Sullivan, and you want to call him up to the main roster, and you want to make him be the monster, and you think he's ready, then I'm all for it. Absolutely, I've, and he has proven himself ready. I mean, his performance in the ladder match for the NX, for the North American I've, title, was I've crazy. enjoyed Lars Sullivan's work in NXT. Uh, whether or not he's ready, we shall see. Um, but again. A lot of times when you don't have plans, it's, I hope he's not Ty Dillinger. I hope he's not, well, we have no plans for you, so we're throwing you on the main roster and doing nothing with you. Right. So, we shall see. I only mention that because we're now talking about NXT. That's perfectly fine. We had Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane in a two out of three falls match for the NXT Women's Championship. Would you like to know how many falls 
were contested during this time in 11 minutes. Three. Three falls in 11 minutes. Yes. Now. Short. Now. For what it's worth. Mm -hmm. This is still a good match. Still a pretty decent match. So here, you know, I was having a very interesting conversation with my buddy Trevor. Mm -hmm. Who was watching Survivor Series as we speak. And um, hopefully at some point in the lifetime of this podcast, he will be on here and having a conversation with us on air. Some point. Trevor, I'm calling you out. The point of this conversation, however, was (laughs) he was telling me. Now, Ross and I have had our discussions and we've come to the conclusion that both of us had a different favorite match from War Games on Saturday. Uh, mine, personally, was the War, game ma- War Games match itself. Uh, Ross. No, that was the best was match it, on the show. Was that? The, oh, okay. I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. No, it um, was. Well, what I'm trying to say is, for example, Trevor was telling me that his favorite match, even though he loved the War Games match, his favorite match was Ciampa versus Dream. Okay. And then he also said that he couldn't even get over the fact of how good Black versus Gargano was. And on top of that, what we just said, Baszler versus Kyrie Sane was really good too. The great thing about this pay-per-view, Ross, was that there were four out of five matches that you could legitimately say each one was somebody else's favorite match. I'm sure we could go ahead and talk to somebody that came in right now. We asked them, what was your favorite match? And they'd say, Sane versus Baszler. We talked to somebody else. They'd say, Gargano versus Black. Somebody else would go ahead and say, Ciampa versus Dream. The other person would say, the War Games match. It's crazy. So before I go... By the way... You were able to watch all of this again, right? Yes. Okay. Do you understand now why Shayna Baszler is the best heel in the women's division in this entire company? Yes. Okay. I'm not saying Becky Lynch is not doing some of the best work she's done. Heels don't get cheered. That's all I'm saying. But. However, does that have something to do with the way that Kyrie Sane is being booked as a babyface as opposed to the people that are babyfaces oh, that are being look, booked against look, Becky? Look, look, let, let there be no mistake, okay? Much like we joke about Triple H having six characters that all know of each other but never interact with each other and never bring each other up. Right. It's like NXT is on a different universe. It is literally a wrestling show in a sports entertainment company. Yeah. 205 Live has become a wrestling show in a sports entertainment company. SmackDown should be a wrestling show. SmackDown was on its way to being a wrestling show. It's still, it's still, it's more there than Raw is. It's more of the wrestling show. Yes. Whereas Raw is the sports entertainment show. That's fine. And that's how they book things. Okay. But when everybody says, well, NXT is going to be way better. Well, yeah, because it's a different type of product. Okay. WWE, the main show, is never going to be NXT. Right. I'm sorry. If that's what you want out of the WWE programming. Don't watch because that's. I I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. That's what made WCW so different from WWF. um, Because for the longest time, what made WCW better than the WWF. Because it was real. It was real. They used real names, real storylines. There was real con. There was it, everything was more reality based. Yes, and there were actually the cruiserweights were first of all real wrestlers, mm-hmm. um, and then take away from Hogan and Nash and Hall, who by the way Hall can work. 
or could work back in the day. He was great. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But you had Savage. Um, you had Sting. You yeah. had Bret Hart. Well, um, they didn't really do much with Bret Hart. They didn't. Yeah. I mean, but you, get, you get what I'm saying. During that time period, uh, Lex Luger was still a big deal. Sting Scott was Steiner still was deal. still a big deal. Steiner was getting to be a bigger deal. He hadn't gotten his mega push yet, but I mean, he and he and Rick were still a solid tag team during Jeff, that time. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett was a little bit later, but yeah. yes. Uh, I mean, we're, we're also T. spanning. We're also spanning like four years here, right? But Booker T and Stevie Ray. That was the company that had a that had a defined mid card division exactly. for a long time. That actually that's did what that. made WCW so good prior to WWF getting their stuff together. Yes. So, um, Baszler and Sane had a wonderful match. They did. Okay. Um, Baszler got the first fall. Yeah. Uh, Sane got the second fall. Sane hit. Oh, by the way, the uh, two other horsewomen that I don't remember their names—they were uh, ringside Marie, the whole time. Jessamine Duke and Marina Schaefer. I finally remember the names. So, uh, those two were involved. I believe Io Shirai came out and hit that crazy with the, moonsault with Dakota Kai. That's who the third person was. Okay, I was trying to figure out who the third person was because I I remember it being so fast. Yeah. Because and we call that correctly. We knew that uh, the horsewomen were going to show up. It yeah. was interesting to see Io Shirai and Dakota Kai show yes. up. Yes. So uh, Sane hit her. Sane hit her elbow. Best in the business, by the way. Mm-hmm. Pirate princess and uh, Baszler rolled her up and got the pin. She did. It was a very quick end to the match, but you know what? For everything, uh, it, this is an instance where it being two out of three falls to me. Didn't matter. They could have just had another one-on-one match with the same finish of the third fall, and 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 I'd probably be happier with it. Right. This did not need to be a three falls match, um, but for what it is, I mean, these two have pretty good chemistry. They do. I mean, Shayna Baszler, for as for as great as I will say her heel work is, you know, she's still a little on the raw side. Would I mean, she, she is say? Would you better. say Ronda's more raw, or would she say she's more raw? I would say Baszler's been wrestling longer, so I would say Ronda's probably still more raw. But would you say that Ronda's picking it up quicker? Because I, I'm not saying that Shane isn't that, that Baszler's not picking it up. No, but what I'm saying is Ronda's picked it up exceptionally. I well. I think for the spots they've put Ronda in on the big stage, she's, she's been great. Yeah, I mean, and I think tonight. And no, and, and you know what? I think a lot of that is well, first of all, star power, and yeah. maybe they thought Baszler needed more work. And she's doing, but she's been doing great. And too. she's been doing some good work. Yeah. Oh, and by the way. And I said this to you before the start of this podcast, and I've said it on this podcast before. One thing that I've criticized Ronda Rousey with is her selling. The way she sold tonight for Charlotte was A. Great A. It was great. Look, she's getting better every time she's in the ring. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, was her was her match with Nia Jax great? No. It was good. It was passable. Yeah. You her, know her matches with with Alexa Bliss weren't that bad either. They were actually pretty. But good. again, I mean, she's 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 been acceptable. Exactly, tonight, she's been acceptable to good. Tonight, tonight mm-hmm. was by far her best match, with the exception of WrestleMania. Well, it also helps when you uh, when you have Charlotte in the ring with you. That is correct. Having the base, which you made a good point, which is this is this was her first match that was not very much that was not worked rehearsed. out. Yeah. Um, and if there's anybody that I would have any more, uh, there is nobody I have any more confidence with 
than Charlotte Flair. To accomplish that feat with than Charlotte Flair. Yeah. I know we were supposed to see Becky, and I know that match would have been amazing. And it would have been great until the crowd absolutely booed because Ronda was probably still going to win anyway. Or they may have still done the same finish, which the crowd still would have cheered and I still would have been upset. Right. Uh, but um, for a for a women's match in NXT, I enjoyed Baszler versus Sane. It was a little short. They should have only done one fall. These are probably nitpicks to some people. That's just me. You have a defined baby face, a defined heel. The people were behind saying they hated when Baszler's goons came out. Okay? They hated it. Because that's what heels do. I don't think Roderick Strong would appreciate you calling his wife a goon. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Outside interference? Is that what you want? I'm just kidding. All right. But let's talk about... What was one of the three for sure best matches of the night? All right. Well, I mean, there were only five matches on the card, true, but so. again, those four matches that I just mentioned, this, I mean, it, that's that, that's what makes this difficult. This pay per view so amazing to me is that War Games had four matches that were insanely good. Gargano sure. versus Black, which we're getting to right now, which is right now was unreal. All right, so uh, the match he alerted to is the next match, Aleister Black versus Johnny Gargano. Which I called correctly, thank you very much. Which surprised me, actually. This was the storyline of the summer, which was Aleister Black was attacked outside of uh, Full Sail, and uh, nobody knew who attacked him. So, uh, of course, William Regal was uh, questioning the entire locker room, and uh, very recently, we saw Aleister Black come out, and he found out from Nikki Cross who attacked him. He went out and attempted to strangle William Regal, who I still don't know if he's like a tweener right now or if he's still a babyface or what the case may be. Please don't turn him heel. I don't. I don't need another heel commissioner. Please, goodness sakes. It was Johnny Gargano that set up this match. Johnny Gargano versus uh, Alistair Black. This was Alistair Black's return match from the storyline injury uh, versus Johnny Gargano's first match as a heel, and. Uh, I'm going to be fair because I did not complete this thought when I was going to say it to you off air, so I will say it to you now. Okay. Okay. Everybody knows on this podcast, for those of you that listen, I am not a fan of the Velveteen Dream. No, you're not. Okay. One of the reasons I am not a fan of the Velveteen Dream is he is 6'3 and he works like he's 5'8. Right. We talked about that on Thursday. Okay. I will admit that Aleister Black works like a guy that is shorter than he is. Now, I realize he has his kicks. His style is catered to a big person with the big arms and the big legs. And his offense He's the is, definition of working stiff. Yes. I would love to see him versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a strong style match. Oh, Lord Jesus. The kicks yeah. in that match would be insane. That would be awesome. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Which we may be getting that sooner than later. I could just feel the black mask connecting with my face now. Yes. So, but... I will tell you that there are things that Aleister Black does as a babyface that he must not do as a heel. Mm. Some of the high-flying, cool stuff that he does with that big frame, I don't need to see him do as a heel. Because heels do not do cool moves. You can still be the ground-and-pound guy that kicks people in the face and be a heel. The diving stuff as a heel, I would eliminate. And replace it with more grounded. Which, by the way, can you imagine him being a heel and putting, like, knees to the body all the time? I mean, Brock Lesnar does that all the time. Uh, he gets booed. But but that's what I'm but saying. That's what I'm saying, which is exactly what's you take those big, powerful legs and just yeah. knee somebody in the ribcage on the ground. 
Anyway, so I'll be fair and say that the Velveteen Dream looks clunky to me. Aleister Black, it's a little more smooth a bit. But maybe that's just the way he moves in the ring. And if Velveteen Dream moved a little smoother. Remember, here's the thing to remember. And sometimes I forget and it was just reminded to me. Velveteen Dream is only 23 years old. I know. So that means to me that he's still obviously gaining the experience that he needs. He's still working out he his style. Getting, he is getting better. Yeah. So maybe five, three or four years from now, he'll have... Maybe the I'll be his biggest fan. Yeah. He'll have the fluidity that you're looking for. Or maybe he's not and he's just going to have to change his ring style maybe, as, at that point. Maybe I won't stop confusing him with the uh, drink oval team. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, so... Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, of course, Gargano is the, essentially, he is the NXT version or was the NXT version, or maybe he still is the NXT version of a guy like Daniel Bryan. Well, he is because now both of them are heels. Yes. Uh, small, hard hitting, the ground and pound, pure wrestler's wrestler. Wrestler's wrestler. Right. He's a little more high flying. But that's okay. Well, I think he's a little more high-flying because Daniel Bryan has had to tone it down because of all the that's concussions. That's true. That's true. If Daniel Bryan didn't have the concussions, he'd still be high-flying um, as much These as two like. had extremely good chemistry in this match. Yes, they did. I will give them that. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if that's a product of Gargano, Black, or both of them. I think it's both. Because I will tell you that I know that Gargano has gotten very high ratings on certain matches. And there have been certain matches uh, like TakeOver Philly. Which was a street fight. Wait. Uh, that was uh, Black and uh, Cole. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. No, but he got the five-star match with Almas at, okay. at Philly. Okay. I was saying three things at once. Okay, cool. The five-star match that was given at the show where Black and Cole had a hardcore match was Almas and Gargano. Correct. Okay. Almas and Gargano was not even my favorite match on that show, and right. that was a great match. Yes, it was. Because my favorite match on the show it was, the hardcore, was the hardcore match between Black and Cole. Correct. And I know people hate hardcore matches, but just the actual style, flow, the guys in the match, storytelling, storytelling, psychology. psychology, everything. To me, that of of those two, that was the better match. And the, the faster pace between Cole and Black compared to whatever. So and- you stick two guys. Yeah. That basically can't do any wrong right now. Yeah. In a match in which you have the bigger guy as the baby face and the smaller guy as the heel. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, in most instances, the smaller guy being the baby face is the easier story to tell. Yes. Because the smaller guy being the heel, he has to make you believe that he can beat up the bigger guy. Yeah. That's that's why I always appreciate a guy like Austin Aries. I realize recently he has a bad reputation, but I'm saying his ring psychology of when he is the heel or he is the babyface, he makes you believe that he can beat anybody. Neville. That's how they carry themselves. Yeah. So Gargano had to carry himself as a guy that could beat the much larger guy. Right. So now here's one thing that I want to go ahead and bring up about Johnny Gargano in particular because you rem- I remember you mentioning this a few weeks ago. Um, we were having a discussion dis- comparing Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Tommy C. Good old Tommy C. Um, you were more of you felt Tommaso Ciampa could have better matches with other people but you weren't 100% sold that Gargano could have 
great matches with anybody else that wasn't Tommaso Ciampa. However, now we have seen Gargano have this magnificent match with Aleister Black. Almas. Um, and the match with Almas. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention, so have your thoughts changed on that? Uh, I, look, oh, and not to mention a very good match with Velveteen Dream a few weeks ago. I, I have said before that I have my reservations of... Tommaso Ciampa as the full-fledged babyface and Johnny Gargano as the full-fledged heel. Mm. I think the dichotomy, and yes, I said it again, of okay. Gargano the the being the babyface and Ciampa being the heel is a much better story and it's easier to tell. Okay, That's why that feud worked of, so much. of Ciampa being the heel and Gargano being the babyface worked so well. Now... I may be wrong when the day comes when the roles are reversed because, for instance, we're about to see a role reversal match at TLC with Dean Ambrose being the heel and Seth Rollins being the babyface. Mm-hmm. The last time they had a one-on-one match, Seth Rollins was the heel and Dean Ambrose was the babyface. And I've always said that I thought Rollins being the babyface and Ambrose being the heel was the better option and they're finally doing it. So, if down the line they decide to do Gargano as a heel and Chomp as a babyface... We'll see. Okay. I still have to see the Gargano character as a heel. Now, he lost this match, which surprised me. And I again, it's that perfect storm of you just turned a guy heel and you have a returning baby face. Right. That's a hard match to pick. It is. Because to me, you have a returning baby face that, yes, he he's he's been a champion. And you have a guy that just turned heel... That still needs that push because he's been losing. But you had the babyface returning come back and win. So, which is why I predicted that maybe we're going to see Aleister Black go to the main roster, but maybe that's not the case right now. I think that I think they want to give us uh, Ciampa versus Black one more time for the NXT title. I'm not saying that they're going to give Black the title back, but I think that they want to give us a one-on-one Well, at this rate, with, with that finish? Yeah. Uh, I I would I, I would not be unopposed to Aleister Black getting his title back. Al- Aleister Black just became the number one contender of the NXT title. Um, I would say so. Match. I mean, I Unless would have told you, say you Ricochet after what he pulled out. I mean, games. I would have told you if they weren't calling him up that Lars Sullivan was probably doing NXT title match, even though he's a heel. But now mm-hmm. they're now they're calling him up. Uh, Ricochet is still the North American champion, so to me, uh, until that is resolved. Well, I mean, um, you could you could have not champion versus champion, but you could go ahead and have him try and be a actually champion. actually given this pay per view, I'm surprised they didn't do Ricochet versus uh, Tommaso Ciampa champion versus champion since that was the theme of the whole weekend. Agreed. But they had bigger plans for both of these men. Clearly, because one had a title match and one had a war games match to yes. win. So let's get um, into the title match. He won with Black Mass, by the way. Yes, he did. It was, uh, it was, it was two consecutive ones, by the it way. It was very cool. Yeah, it looks very seamless. Yeah, um, uh, very similar to when Sami Zayn beat Kevin Owens a couple of years back with uh, uh, the Haluva kick. Yes, KO was going down. He picked him up, threw him back into the ring post, and then hit him with a Haluva kick one more time. Uh, by the way, I will also mention very briefly before we move on to the NXT title match, uh, Johnny Gargano's gear, I believe he was wearing a play-on of the uh, Black Panther tights with the red Johnny. And then uh, instead of it saying Panther, it said TakeOver. Johnny TakeOver. Wow. But he lost. He did. Because uh, Mr. Tattoo- Mr. Man of a Thousand Tattoos had to win his return match. 
I'm not unopposed to it. I just figured that when you just turn somebody heel, you can't kill that engine. Darn it, and darn it, Triple H with your nonsensical booking. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that the Gargano heel character is dead. I just yeah, I just figured they'd go that route. Well, the Daniel Bryan heel character isn't dead yet. Well, of course, that was against Big Bad Brocky Poo. Brocky Poo. Rocky Poo. Mm-hmm. He could go all night. He did say that multiple times. He oh, and then he chanted, Suplex City. He's, thank God, Paul Heyman's a hype man. Well, the funny thing was that they started chanting it as soon as he actually yelled it out. Which yeah, because people are cheap. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Uh, you we know had... who's not cheap? <laughs> Tommy C. Okay. Okay. Talk to me, bro. So, I will admit to you that I could not get fully engaged in this match. Now, this was the Velveteen Dream versus Big Bad Tommy C, Tommaso Ciampa, for the NXT Championship. Let me just go ahead and clarify and saying Ross has been drinking all kinds of haterade uh, involving the Velveteen. Oh uh, no, Dream. it's called uh, it's called the drink called Reality. <laughs> so apparently, I was told that the Velveteen Dream has now dressed up as Hulk Hogan twice. Yeah, because he did the Hulk Hogan. He did yellow the, and red. He did the Hulk Hogan yellow and red, yeah. which I believe the shirt said uh, still something relevant. Because he still claims he's more relevant than Hulk Hogan yeah, is. Yeah, and then last, Saturday night's shirt, yes, last night's shirt said OVA as in OVA. Right, know. it was a it was it was a play on of uh, the NWO shirt because he wore the Hollywood Hogan. Yeah, uh, he did the uh, he did Hollywood Hogan. So apparently, I was told that Hulk Hogan cut oh, him from that. a show called Tough Enough. Yeah, back and in uh, apparently, the Velveteen Dream is still upset about that. Yeah, it it came across as very petty. Um, the claim that he's more relevant than the guy that made the business what it is today. Okay. But here's the thing. I'm not saying that he's more relevant. I'm not saying that he's better. I'm not saying that Hulk Hogan's not one of the greatest of all time because very much is. What I am saying is I love the peskiness. Um, yeah. And I see, love I just, the, it's, he's got a chip on his shoulder and I love that. Like as a wrestler, if you don't have a chip on your shoulder and you don't want to prove yourself to anybody when they thought that you didn't have it then you shouldn't be where you are today. Okay. And Dream is proving that. Sorry. Let me give you an example. Yeah. Okay. If if Booker T kicked me off of a wrestling show, yeah. okay, and I made it to a pay-per-view and came out with Harlem Heat gear on, would you applaud me for my decision? I would, yeah. Why? But I think you're, you'd, you'd be a badass. You'd be walking out saying okay. like, you know what? Hey, you know, Booker T didn't think I could make it, and here I am. Bada okay. Bing, bada boom. Okay, but see, here's the thing. I'm above that. I don't need to publicly tell somebody, gotcha. Yeah, but you're not. Ross Williamson isn't. The boss isn't. Okay. It's just the competitive nature in some of these wrestlers. But I can be competitive Mm -hmm. without being a petty... It makes Dream look like a sore loser to you. That's Which is totally understandable. In a way. He, he, He comes off as... Look, for a heel character, great. Makes me hate him. But that's the thing. He couldn't be a heel on Saturday. I know. He's a babyface. Because he's because against that's the not, big old bad that's, Tommy C. That's, that's not babyface material for me. Because to me, think about the guys that are always like, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. I know more than you. Those are big mega heels. 
Okay. I get it. No, no, I totally but get what you're those, saying. It's those, it's, it's those people in life that always have to have the last word. Right. It's the people in life that always have to one-up you no matter where you are in life. Absolutely. That's the behavior I got from that. Okay, that's fair. Now, perhaps I'm overreacting. I, if nothing else, I'm consistent. That's fair. Now, that being said, apparently these two had a good match. Apparently? Apparently. <laughs> I was distracted by the fact that... Uh, <laughs> That uh, he was dressing up like Hollywood Hogan, even though, you know, a black guy wearing a guy that everybody calls a racist, he's wearing his clothing. But that's the way that you're looking at it. I, I don't think... Oh, I'm sorry. Since, since since there are instances where people don't look at things that way? I'm not saying that nobody knows looking at it that way. I'm just saying I don't... Okay. I view it as the competitive nature of okay. the fact that Hulk Hogan cut him and now here he is at War Games 2 in the semi-main for the NXT title against the biggest heel in NXT. Okay. That's the way that I look at it. But I totally... Again, I bet you Hulk Hogan doesn't even care about him. Pretty sure he doesn't. So what's the point? Not sure. Ugh, I'm wearing your clothes because you cut me. It just... It's petty. So anyway, that's my rant. I've been heel this whole show. I'm consistent, if nothing else. It's perfectly fine. Tommaso Ciampa's great, though, Fantastic. because, you know, he's a guy that does heelish things and is obsessed with a belt that he thinks talks to him. How good does that NXT title belt look, though? It does. It looks fantastic. Like, I look, like It looks, the controversial statement, maybe, it looks better than the, w, the, the current WWE and Universal titles. Well, the Universal title is so blaringly red. No, no, okay, okay but the you, actual WWE about the title? logo? Yeah, the whole, the actual oh, design. Yeah. My favorite... I have two favorite belts in WWE's illustrious history. Oh, boy. It is the undisputed title belt. Okay. So, the Eddie belt, as I like to call it. I don't even remember what that looked like. I thought it was just the big gold belt. No, no. That's the World Heavyweight Championship, and okay. or a.k.a. the WCW title. So, what was different between the you know, the undisputed title and the... I just don't remember it. Okay, so remember, the WWF title was the circular with the actual wings. That was what Hogan carried. That's what Rock carried, Stone Cold carried. The heavyweight title, which okay. is the WCW title, which mm-hmm. is the big gold belt. And then the WWE championship, the undisputed one, which is more of a rectangle shape. Here, I'll go ahead and bring it up for you. Uh, look, I still love the IC belt with the white strap. Because that has history. Oh, I'm, ta- I'm just talking about designs. No, I know. What I'm telling you is my favorite belt is the yeah. the when they brought back the IC belt with the white strap. Oh, with the black strap? And, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That's me, of course. That's fair. That's me, of course. Yeah. So that's my that's personally my uh, – but I just so, love the NXT title So here, here's, here's, here's what I will say. Um, the Velveteen Dream had a lot of near falls in this match. Yes, he did. He got a lot of offense. I think the storyline was that Tommaso Ciampa almost took him lightly. Yeah. And I think that was the storyline they were going with. And the Velveteen Dream, he looked on several occasions like he belonged with the top guys. Yes, he did. And he hit hit the big boot. He hit the immortal Hogan leg drop for a near fall. He hit Macho Man's elbow. He hit Macho Man's elbow. Uh, he hit Sister Abigail, by the he way. He did. Uh, what's, it's his, not... what's his weird rolling fireman's carry thing that's his... It's basically a death... It's not a Death Valley driver, but it's... Well, no, it kind of is a I, Death Valley driver. I thought it was a cross between a rolling fireman's carry and a Death Valley driver. Yes. Because he rolls through it instead of dropping them. Yeah. I just it, forget what that move's called. 
I'll look it up. But right that's now. but that's his finisher. Did he hit that twice? No, he hit um, he hit it once because he hit it out in the outside um, from the announce table onto the floor, and then that's when he went for the. Um, hang on. So essentially, Tommaso Ciampa was kicking out of everything like the BA that he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us about the finish of this match. So, um, Tommaso Ciampa was able to get him. Um, so, the, this is War Games. So, there are two rings yes. in the center. And there is a metal uh, uh, bar, bar or plating, or plating or uh, in between said rings. So, he basically got him in the... Uh, uh, in between the ropes, DDT, uh, a la Randy Orton, and dropped him with a DDT on the metal. Okay. And uh, got the pin. One, two, three. And it was unreal. It was an awesome way to end this hard-fought match. It made uh, Tommaso Ciampa look conniving. And it looked uh, conniving, yet a BA. And then it looked, it made look, it made Dream look like a like just a total boss. The only way that he was going to lose is basically just getting his head leveled on metal. It was great. It was a great way to finish this match. And again, I will safely tell you that I will probably watch this match again in a couple months and probably think more more positively on it. I just was taken out of it as soon as Dream walked out there. I was like, okay. And again, I will I will freely admit that although I appreciated the match, I will probably appreciate it more when I have a different perspective on it. Right. That is Purple all. Purple Rainmaker is what it is called. Oh, great! So he's Prince too. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then, ladies and gentlemen, we had the War Games. Oh boy! And uh, well. The boys we, didn't come. We they, had, they, uh, they didn't come to play. We had we had five of these. No, or they did come to play. I should say we had we had uh, we had four of these men in the la- in the match last year, which was the triple threat. Yep. All four of those men were on the same team this year. Yep, that was Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and the man known only as Adam Cole. Bay Bay. Uh, so it was the undisputed era. They were up against the North American champion Ricochet, the UK champion Pete Dunne. And the tag team known as the War Raiders. They had a match on NXT this past week to decide who got the advantage in War Games. Of course, because the WWE are not stupid. Yep. They had the heels win because that's how War Games works NXT's all the time. NXT not stupid. WWE is a little stupid. Just saying. Hmm. Yeah. By the way, this match went 47 minutes. And I believe there's only been one instance where the baby faces had the advantage. And it was booked to where... Basically, the heels had the advantage the whole time, anyway. Right, and I believe so. that was last year's War Games. Uh, Sanity were the baby. No, I'm talking like like in the '80s. Oh, I'm sorry, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, there was one WCW. instance where like the babyface team like lost. Basically, what they did at the end of this match, mm-hmm. except in the beginning. Okay, that's how they made it so that the heels had the advantage anyway. The whole point is the heels should have the advantage. Uh, so this match started uh, with Adam Cole. And Ricochet. Against Ricochet. Uh, which I, you know, I I figured they weren't going to start with uh, either of the War Raiders. I figured they were either going to save Ricochet last or Pete Dunn last. They ended up saving Pete Dunn for the end. 
Uh, so it was Adam Cole against Ricochet. These two men have had a feud for the North American title. They also wrestled in that great North American ladder match to decide the first champion, which Adam Cole won, and then later Ricochet beat him for it. That is the history of that title right now. So those two are wrapped in it. So it yeah. made sense for those two to start. Uh, the second man in for the Undisputed Era was... My boy, Kyle O'Reilly. Mr. O'Reilly. Uh, oh, then oh, it was... O'Reilly. Sorry. Not the auto parts store. Uh, <laughs> was it Hanson? Hanson got in. That got in? Yep. And then we uh, had... Roddy with the flow. Roddy. And then we had Roe. Yep. And then we had Fish, who then... Put the lock on their cage. What a heel. The, yes. Uh, uh, what a heel. I again, love it. Again, I appreciate the Undisputed Era's work. They yes. are excellent. Absolutely. Okay. I am not supposed to cheer them when they do stuff like that. I know. Good. I know. Good. Especially since Pete Dunn's over because he's awesome. Because mm-hmm. he's the bruiser way. Mm-hmm. So there were two locks on the uh, door. Now here's, now, here's the funny part of the show. Of this match. So... The referee that is outside of the cage with the conglomerate team, War Raiders, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne, he does nothing to stop Bobby Fish from doing this. And then in the two minutes that this happens, that ref literally looks at the cage and goes, I don't know what to do. And then when the timer runs out, he's like, oh, time to unlock the cage. Oh, I had no idea there was another lock on the cage. (laughs) Mind blown because of, because apparently all referees are idiots. So so then so then we had the Undisputed Era logo chairs out because it was a four on three advantage because yeah. you had all four members of Undisputed Era. You had Ricochet and the War Raiders getting their heads bashed in for roughly a good two minutes. Yeah. Now I wish this would have gone on a little bit longer because Pete Dunn basically just busted out after about two minutes. But uh, you know what? He's the bruiser. He's allowed to bust out after two minutes. So he busts out of the cage. He comes in and we have war games. So long story short, this match went 40 plus minutes. Um, It was longer than last year's match. It was longer than last year's match. About 10 minutes. Um, there were lots of cool spots. I thought the War Raiders looked really good in this match. I was I was a little worried about the War Raiders. Not yeah. that I haven't liked the work, but they were kind of the odd group in this in this match. Very similar to last year with Dane and Alexander Wolf, because we knew that Eric Young was going to show up and kill the game. Well, and but we had we known at the time that AOP and Roderick Strong were going to do their part. Right, and it was just a matter of. Is it like how good is Killian Dane gonna look and how look? And Killian how, Dane was probably the rock star of that match he last sure year. Sure was. Him and Alexander Wolf killed it. I mean, and there was. I remember three particular instances of everything. One, Killian Dane and Alexander Wolf being absolute bosses and hosses and just doing everything, killing everyone in that match. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, the other thing is Adam Cole basically becoming the biggest star in NXT, and then. Um, Last but certainly not least, uh, Kyle O'Reilly is the most hilarious person in WWE programming with the exception of R-Truth. And that's because he swung a chair and it bounced off the off the rope and it smacked him right in the head. By the way, who got pinned last year? Was it um, Young? It was Young. You know, it would have made more sense to have Roddy get pinned. I agree. Because of how, that, of, of how everything ended and him joining them. Absolutely. That would have made more sense. Storyline wise, yeah, but I'm not upset by it. No, no, I know, but in hindsight, yes. So this year, I thought the War Raiders held their own. Yeah, I think they're probably due for a tag team title match. I agree. Um, However, uh, I would have O'Reilly and Fish wrestle that match. Not Roddy. 
personally. Okay. Because Fish yeah, and O'Reilly right. won the titles initially. Yeah, okay. And so you want the original I think, duo? I think that they probably need the better team against the War Raiders. Fair Even right. if the War Raiders lose, I think... So you don't think that Fish and Roddy are a better tag team than you mean, Fish? You mean... O- I'm okay. sorry, O'Reilly and Strong better than uh, I think O'Reilly, O'Reilly and, Fish. and Fish are the better team. Okay, fair enough. Because also they've tagged together for years. Yes, they have. Yes, so, they have. And I'm not saying Roddy's bad. I'm just saying, well, to, to me, me, that's what I would do. Yeah, and you and I have discussed it on multiple occasions that Roddy should probably be the North American champ. Well, if you're going to have Adam Cole go for the NXT big belt, title, then yeah. I would have Roddy go for the North American title. And at some point, I would have all four men have belts. Yes. If you're going to make them the Super Right, group. have the War Raiders beat Fish and O'Reilly, and then a few months after, get the tag team title belts back on Fish and O'Reilly... Ricochet loses to Roddy Strong by some type of interference from the Undisputed Era. And Cole and can Cole beat whoever wins. beats Ciampa. Or maybe it's a triple threat involving him, Ciampa, and a babyface. That'll work. You know? Probably Dream or maybe Black You could even have Black it be uh, Ricochet, Cole, and Ciampa. Oh, what a match. Lost what a match that would Jesus. be. I'm just saying. You could Jesus. do that. You could have Roddy beat him, Ricochet lose the rematch because of shenanigans. He gets a rematch, loses, and then somehow... Anyway. That's how good War um, Games has been. I, 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 have, I have zero complaints with anybody in this match. Yeah. Uh, the ending of the match saw Pete Dunn and Ricochet both pin Adam Cole. That was cool. I thought that was a cool moment. By the way, that Tower of Doom was crazy you know i actually was very worried about that spot because i believe the bottom of the pyramid had a guy on top of somebody's shoulders to start it because most pyramids you have one guy at the bottom it just kind of tips everything right well this bottom had a guy on top of another guy's shoulders to start it so they kind of had to duck under and get in and then everybody push over and plus the key to the whole pyramid thing is the top guy yes because the top guy is going to take the big bump because who was the top guy was it ricochet I thought it was Cole. Oh, it might have been Cole. Obviously, it would have made it would have meant because Cole was, was trying to get out of the he was trying to get out of the cage. Now there was another interesting part, and and we'll get to the cool ricochet spot here in a second because it leads up to that. There was a stipulation in this match that said if you left the cage, your team forfeit. Your team forfeits. Why did we have Cole trying to escape Cole the cage and Ricochet on the? Now here's the other thing. Why was Cole tr- not trying to kick Ricochet off the cage? They would have lost right there. So, here's my thing. If you're going to do... This is my problem with cage matches. Yeah. Where escape is part of it. Right. Okay. So, you're having a fight on the outside of the cage or the top of the cage. If you beat up the guy to the point where he falls, you lose. So, why would you do that if you're just going to have a spot where a guy just climbs back? It's... So, then we had... Well, we had the insane spot of the weekend... It involved Ricochet, and it involved him landing on the other seven men. Which, by the way, I never understood doing a move on top of your teammates. I agree. I never understood it's that. Like Roman Reigns has done the whole like jumping over the top. But rope this, onto is, everybody. this is this is also crazy. this is also the same world, and I and I hate referencing WCW too, where they would literally have six man tag team matches, and guys on their own team would be doing moves on the outside to each other. I know, it's crazy. like it's like they just forgot that they were on the same team in a six now, I realize the six man tag didn't mean anything, but there were times where they did that stuff and you're just like 
but they just did a double team move together, and now he's doing like this weird flip move to the outside on the guy he just helped get this other guy. It's it's stupid. By the way, real quick, just to, I got to go back to Survivor Series real quick. Speaking of move of the weekend, um, we talked about the clothesline from Strowman to McMahon, but there was also when uh, McMahon was the only person left on Survivor on the Survivor Series team for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Bring it on!" <laughs> that. Drop kick from Strowman to McMahon was. <laughs> he said Shane O'Mac flying outside the Staples Center. It was the funniest thing on Survivor Series. Strowman's awesome. Strowman is Love awesome. Him. Back to War Games. I just had to mention that. You talked about Spot of the Weekend. That was great. Though. So, so again, I understand why they had seven guys take this move instead of four because it's uh, safer. Well, yeah. I mean, if you actually look at the rotation, Ricochet didn't get... He almost didn't get the full rotation on that second moonsault. Well, right. And plus, he hit the top of it. Yes. So, like, so like half the guys just had to fall down. Now, was it a cool-looking spot? It was Absolutely. ridiculously awesome. But his head was still kind of tucked under a little bit. Where yeah. it just... it Basically, we actually didn't say this. Uh, Ricochet hit a double moonsault, and it was crazy. That's, that's what it was. He went for two rotations on the moonsault... And it's probably the, one of the craziest things you're going to go ahead and see in WWE program in a long time. Long time. So like I said, Ricochet and Pete Dunne both got the double pin on Adam Cole uh, to win the match for the War Raiders, Ricochet and Pete Dunne. Uh, again, I would expect the War Raiders to get a tag team title match sooner than later coming out of this because their team won. Um, I hate to say this. I think it's time that Pete Dunne loses the UK title. Yeah. And just, like, even if it's to, um... Just have him go back to NXT UK. Even if, it, even if it's to Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate's not doing anything with Trent you know, 7 even, right even if it's Even if it's Trent 7. Even if it's, uh... Oh, who's that really big guy they have over in UK that they're pushing right now? I forget, but there's some Goliath that they're pushing right now. In there's the a lot of people over in NXT UK. Period. That you give so the I mean, to. I mean personally, I mean I would just have him drop the UK title to somebody over there and just have him just be a full fledged member of NXT right well, now. Basically, that's kind of what he is at this point. He's not in U- in the UK all that often. He's not no, with Evolve Wrestling all that often. But he's also but he's also not defending the title very often. I mean, well, that's he, what I'm saying. I mean, he has defended it a few times, but when was the last time that he defended his UK title? Uh, it was the you know, it, it was I believe the, Roderick Strong challenged him for it. I thought, well, I thought it was the Ricochet match, the first Ricochet, and not the triple threat. But I thought it was the first Ricochet. Oh, match. when it was title versus title yeah, that, that ended first. in a that ended in a no contest. Exactly. When was the last time he defended before that? After that, forever and a day. He hasn't, but I know. I think Roderick Strong had a UK title match, yeah. and I think. Oh, there was somebody else that had a UK title match that he just beat them. Mm. I mean, they were good, um, but that's... And, and then, of course, we have Ricochet, who, uh, I mean, as much as I love him as the North American champion, I, I he I think it's time for him to be close to be sniffing the uh, the NXT title. Listen, he's been doing such a great job in 2018. Uh, I'll, I'll flat out tell you, it's Tommaso Ciampa's year, but Ricochet has shown up and delivered on NXT programming the same way that Adam Cole's been delivering in the same way that Pete Dunne has been delivering in the same way that Gargano has been delivering and the same way Black has been delivering and the same way that Dream has been delivering Um, but you're right I think that we need to propel Ricochet excuse me Ricochet into the full on main event slot of NXT um, and take the 
I, he's surpassed the North American title. And so is Cole. They need to be fighting over the NXT title at this point. And done. Same thing. Um, so Heck, it'll just be really interesting. Uh, you know, you want to put Dream in that spot? Great. I just don't need to see him be NXT champion right now. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Actually, you know what? Dream is one person who does deserve a run with the NXT North American title. That's fine. You know? He Especially is that, if you got to push him. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, he's super over already. Why not give him a, t- a title shot at the North American title? And let Rick Ashe go ahead and kind of move out into the background and move into this into the NXT world. As long title. as the uh, Velveteen Dream is not the uh, next reincarnation of Orlando Jordan. Oh, God. Simply the greatest. That was the... Uh, Theme he had in Impact. Just saying. He was the uh, he was the ambiguous character. Actually, he was a bisexual character on that show. Interesting. Because aren't we saying the Velveteen Dream is at least bisexual? I'm not 100 percent sure. Pretty sure that's yeah. Because yeah, because wasn't he like blowing kisses at Alistair Black during part of that feud? Yeah, he was doing the same. My name. Thank you. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. By the way, that match between Black and Dream last year at War Games was actually pretty stellar too. Thank God, Alistair Black won. Anyway, uh, I think I'm pretty sure Alistair Black's only loss has been to Ciampa in NXT. Is it not? Pretty sure it has been. I don't think he's lost anybody else. He only lost to Ciampa when he lost the title. Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. Well, I'm in a much better mood, which means that this uh, that this show is over now. We have uh, we have Survivor Series in the books. Yeah, NXT War Games two is in the books. Yeah, our normal show on Thursday is being uh, preempted to Wednesday this week because, of course, Thanksgiving. And then, of course, we were going to do it Friday, but I will be out of town. Thank goodness, I need a vacation. So, uh, so we are doing the show Wednesday, which means. That 205 Live and NXT will be happening that night. We'll be keeping tabs on it. So we will be keeping tabs on it. I'm sure there will be some good stuff on it. Hopefully yeah. Raw and SmackDown are entertaining this week. Well, they'll be emanating from L.A. still because if, because it's a big four pay-per-view right. weekend. Everything is still emanating from where the pay-per-view stayed at. So that, that makes means sense. Raw and uh, SmackDown will have great crowds in Los Angeles. Looking forward to that. I'm sure they will. Yeah. So, Hopefully they just don't take over the show like they do in other cities. Our next pay review is four weeks from tonight that is tables ladders and chairs thankfully be no on stairs the, uh, eric rowan and big show had a stairs match everybody i still can't believe it happened when was that 2014 it was, it was 2014. not not long ago enough since i still remember it yes so uh <laughs> so that pay-per-view is in four weeks so we will have uh somewhat of a normal show next week of course this is the Holiday season, so I'm sure there'll be some uh, wonkiness coming up here scheduling-wise. So this week, of course, yeah. we have the show in three days instead of on Thursday. We'll be back here with you. Uh, for the J-Man, this has been Boss Ross. I'm very tired. I so have work I. tomorrow. I'm sure you do, too. I do. And um, not to mention, I woke up at 3.30 this morning. Ugh. ugh. I've got a ton to do. But, that being said... We had a great time watching. Um, I did have a great time yeah. over here. I just wish Survivor Series was better. Absolutely. However, the food was delicious as always. Sure. Pizza Hut coming through in the clutch. We have had Pizza Hut multiple times this uh, these podcasts, and uh, we need to make them a sponsor of this podcast. One step at a time there, big fella. I agree. I agree. Thank God your boy Triple H was not on this show. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's going to do it. Everything is Triple H's fault. It is. It is. What a show, everybody. So with that... 
I say good afternoon, good evening, and good night from the Double Turn Podcast. J-Man Boss Ross. See you guys later. Peace.